Hello, my name is Tyler Dunn, and you're watching Goals and Updates, where we take negative thinking and transform it to positive thinking. I started Goals and Updates after helping my friend who was going through suicidal thoughts and was put on drugs by a doctor who stated it wasn't her fault, that she was born this way. I realized at this time my friend needed the truth because the truth will set you free. After helping my friend change her negative thinking to positive thinking, I quickly realized that I could help people by changing the way we think automatically to a more positive mindset. Thank you for checking out Goals and Updates and enjoy the show. Rather done with goals and updates. We're on episode 113, and we're moving down the down the road with episodes. Uh, I'm trying to get back on track. We didn't do one Monday, only for the fact that I had to study all day for a test, which will be one of my updates, which we'll get into a little bit later. We move on further into the, the actual episode, but um, we're on episode 113, which is awesome. I'm you know I'm aiming for 200, so. I think my interval would be uh, 100 episodes every single time, and right now we're on 113. So almost at, I get well, we're almost at I guess 120 episodes. I was gonna say almost at 150, but really we're really not that close to 150 yet. So um, that's you know that's that. But how we normally do this show, if, if you're new, and before I actually go into all this stuff, just to let you know, I do have a couple things on the board behind me. And how I'm normally going to start off the episodes now is kind of go over this. But we have our Podbean platform, which is the actual audio portions of these live streams. So I go and I download the physical episode that I'm live streaming right now on Facebook. And then what I do is I take the audio from it and I put it on the Podbean platform. So that's where you can literally go on any mobile device, any computer, any tablet, and basically just listen to the audio and then eventually I want to do a YouTube page, which I don't have on here yet. But the two main things I have right now is the Podbean platform. So the goalsandupdates.podbean.com is the actual URL that you put in to actually go to our website for goals and listen to the audio. And right now I think we have like episodes up there. I got a bunch of episodes downloaded. I just have to go through and edit them into an MP3 format and get them uploaded for you. So that's being worked on. And we'll get more episodes up. The other thing that's on there too is Patreon support. Now, Patreon support is basically uh, Patreon. So, for anyone that doesn't know what Patreon is, Patreon is basically just you can sign up for a membership with goals and updates, and you just do monthly donations. So, it's basically all this content is free, but obviously, donations help out because I'm basically putting money out of my pocket for different other projects as well as goals and updates. So, it definitely helps if you donate money, and that's where patreon.com slash goals and updates comes into place where you can go and less than a cup of coffee, donate a dollar per month to uh, our actual goals and updates uh, membership, and then all that stuff gets re- basically re-put back into goals and updates, upgrading equipment, technology, getting people where they come into the, into the set or I do an interview with a co-host, I have better stuff where they can sit in a better seat you know, different things where it's going to enhance interviews and stuff like that. So that's something that's pretty interesting that you can help out. Like I said, less than a cup of coffee at Dunkin' Donuts for a dollar a month. Now, how I normally do this show is I go into the updates portion where I just update you on basically what I'm doing in my life, things that I'm trying to achieve, different goals that I'm setting for myself. And that way you can see that I'm implementing the same stuff that I'm basically telling you through the topics. 
And then once I get through the updates, I then go into the two topics. So the first topic today is going to be if you quit, you're a loser. The second topic is going to be motiva motivation is the key. And then from there, I, I uh, do a little extra or I, I wrap it up. Normally, I do done deal investments at the end. For this episode, I'm not going to do done deal investments. I'm going to spare you guys for the done deal investments uh, for the sole purpose that I, I got. I'm on a little bit of a time restriction right now. So I'm trying to kind of catch myself back up. So let's start off with the updates. Now, I have a couple of things. Um, the biggest one is the for anyone that hasn't, hasn't seen me in a while, you know, I've been going and trying to get licensed in the state of Florida and get licensed in life and health insurance, which is an opportunity that kind of presented itself out of the blue with one of my friends or my friend's brothers. And he, uh, he basically gave me this opportunity to go and do a health insurance with him at this firm. So I um, always have been trying to find an opportunity in sales because sales is the most key crucial element in business. And it's something that I haven't really, I haven't really been forced to really do. And I've done, I've done pretty much all the, the stuff around business, but sales has always been something that I've kind of avoided. Uh, you know, when I was like 18, 19, 20, until I started realizing that sales was kind of everything. Like you sell every single day. Sales is just a, a key ingredient when you want to become a, an entrepreneur or you want to build a business or you want to do anything in life, you got to sell. So that's kind of something that I've avoided because like everyone tells me, everyone's like, it's so hard. Like I hate it when people reject me. I hate you know, they just give me excuses why they hated it. So for a long time, I kind of avoided it because I thought it was, I thought it wasn't something that was great for me. But, um, I took the, the state exam. So I got everything done yesterday. I went in, got my fingerprints. And I think when you do the fingerprints, they do a background check as well. Automatically. That's what the money I guess goes towards. And so all I have to do now is pass the state exam. I took the state exam yesterday as well. And I got a 64. I think I need a, it's a 70. I need to pass. All right. Now I went to the exam and for Mondays, the reason I wasn't here Monday, I made these flashcards. So I'm going through all these questions, right? For the state exam. And what ended up happening was every question that was on the state exam, it's a 168 state exam. None of the questions were on there. So I was kind of, I was kind of pissed because I knew I probably didn't pass the test. The second time, by the way, you have to pay $44 each attempt and they're just the rigorous tests. Like you get out of the, at least for me, like I get out of the test and my head's just spinning. So I, you know, I studied hard the last week to try to take this test again and pass it. And I, like I said, like almost every single question on there was not anything I studied. So this third time coming around. Um, and that's why I kind of picked the, the topic. If you quit, you're a loser and motivation is the key. Cause when I talk about those, I'm kind of talking to myself on these topics, but it again, so I got to reschedule that tonight and then uh, probably update you guys on Monday what's going on with that, but I'm probably going to reschedule for Tuesday again, just because I don't work on Tuesday. It's easy to go and take the test. So that's that um, with the state or the, the test for the insurance. Now, the other thing I wanted to update was uh, Toastmasters, which uh, I did yesterday. I do it every Tuesday. Toastmasters and anyone that's kind of like what is Toastmasters that's something for public speaking so I go there and they do prepared speeches they do table topics they do evaluations and each one's different like table topics is uh, I was a table topic master that's what I was gonna update you on 
as a table topic master, I've never done that role before. And basically my, my job was to go and give these topics. Uh, you come up with like random topics and you say the topic and then you go and you pick someone at random. And the whole purpose of it is basically you have about a minute to two minutes to talk about the topic and you basically have to come up with it on the fly. So it's getting you to think fast, quick on your feet in front of a live audience. So that's the table topic is pretty interesting and it's actually, excuse me, pretty fun because you're, you don't know what the person's going to throw at you. You don't know what, what topic you're going to get or even if they're even going to pick you. So it's kind of interesting. So I was a table topic master. That was pretty awesome. And I signed up, I think I signed up for a next meeting, which I'm going to be the Toastmaster of the evening there. And that one's really difficult because you're kind of, you're the host of the meeting. So you're, you're up there basically almost for the full hour, um, hour and a half of the meeting. Uh, you probably are up there for 90% of the time of the meeting. So you're controlling the meeting and you're guiding the meeting. So that's something that I, I wanted to do because people told me to do it. I had people like last time, they're like, hey, we really need a Toastmaster of the evening. And they wanted me to just on the spot do it. And I was kind of, I didn't really know if I wanted to do it, to be honest with you, because I was kind of, I kind of didn't really know how to do it. So I kind of talked myself out of not doing it. And then I kind of realized that, you know, I should be trying to take on some of these rules that I haven't done before just to get out of my comfort zone. And I talk about that a lot, getting out of your comfort zone. And the reason I'm telling you this is because, uh, you know, I'm not perfect either. Like sometimes things happen and I'm like, I kind of don't want to do that or I feel uncomfortable. I kind of don't want to do that. And I have to talk myself into the game, like being a part of the, you know, being, being in it to win it kind of mindset. So it's, it's not like, uh, I'm telling you this, you know, this, these topics and it's easy for me to, to implement it in my own life. It's not, I'm still human, right? We're all human. So you can even listen to one of these topics that I'm talking about and agree with me a hundred percent and not apply it into your life. And you lose the value of what you, you heard from that topic. So it's the same thing with me. If I don't keep on implementing it, I lose it. It's uh, the, the saying is, or it's not really a saying, but what I've heard is through a really uh, famous person, uh, Robert Kiyosaki, I was watching this interview with him and he was going through and he was saying that, uh, humans are creatures of habit. So if you're not using some of the stuff constantly, you lose it or you develop different habits. So that's where, uh, you know, that's why I try to get out of my comfort zone pretty much. And I try to do the evaluations, not the evaluations. I'm sorry. Like that's why I want to do the table or do the table topic master. And now I want to go next meeting and do the Toastmaster of the evening, just because I know it's not going to be an easy task. I'm not going to be able to just read a little piece of paper and, and carry on. But if you're interested in getting better at public speaking, that club is probably the best club. But uh, if you're living in Coral Springs, it's a little bit of a drive. It's like 25 minutes. It's in Fort Lauderdale at a Denny's over on uh, Oakland, Park uh, Oakland Park Boulevard and Powerline Road. So right on that intersection. And I'm telling you, probably the best thing I, I did was join that club. And it probably the best money I ever spent uh, because that club found me. I didn't find the club. And, uh, you know, a whole long story I'm not going to go in and talk about just because I'm pretty sure I've talked about this, uh, you know, how I found or how the club kind of found me and I didn't really find the club. But it's also a long story and I don't want to waste a lot of time on that. But anyways, if you're interested in, in getting better at public speaking and you want to go and do, do a club that's going to be useful, 
Toastmasters is definitely a club, whether it's with my, the club that I'm in or whether you go to a different Toastmaster club because it's internet, it's an international club. So you should have no problem finding a Toastmaster near you. That's going to be five or 10 minutes down the road, especially, you know, if you're in the United States, but it's international. I've seen, um, I've seen Toastmaster groups in a magazine from China, India. So it, it's everywhere. Anyways, if you want to join our club, our meetings are over there at, uh, on Oakland Park Boulevard and Powerline Road. It's 7 p.m. meetings every Tuesday night. So they're about an hour and a half, rough, you know, roughly, depending on how smooth the meeting goes and uh, how many people attend and stuff. But it's normally we get there at 7 and normally ends at 8.30. And then people normally kind of um, kind of help clean up and we kind of we stop and catch up with each other and we all talk to each other. Um, so that's kind of something that, you know, you want to probably do. And it's good networking, to be honest with you. So that's Toastmasters. I did the test. We'll get to work in a minute. Um, I'll talk about the agency. So I, for anyone that, does, you know, mostly knows, I have a business, Dundee LLC, where that one's a real estate business. But I ended up getting into, when I first, like the first time I, you know, registered my business with the state and everything, I, you know, I was running into some issues where I, uh, used an agency and the agency registered my thing into Utah. And then I had to do like a foreign entity back into Florida and it was just weird. So I was technically, I, I was registered with two States, Utah and Florida. And I finally recently, I think about a month ago or maybe three weeks ago, I got all my paperwork done for Utah, basically saying, you know, I'm not, I'm going to, I'm not an entity at Utah anymore. And now I'm Florida. But, um, you know, some people are probably thinking to themselves, I don't know what the hell this kid's talking about. But my, the point being is that in the beginning stages, when I built the business, there's, you know, I'm still, I'm still new at trying to figure out the legal stuff and different elements and trying to constantly learn. And, you know, I'm failing at different things and I'm learning and I'm going, okay, I shouldn't do that next time. But what happened was uh, this person hit me up a while ago, probably about a year ago hit me up and they're like, Hey, we do SEO. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I know a little bit about SEO. Um, for anyone that doesn't know what that is, it's search engine optimization and it helps you get key, you know, key research. Basically, if uh, someone's typing in a keyword, you're going to get, you know, you're going to appear more. What's up, Jason. You're going to get peered, appeared more online, right on Google and different search engines and stuff. So, they hit me up and they, and I go there, I meet with them, right? They send, they show me a proposal. I'm like, all right, it seems pretty good, whatever. And what they did was on the contract, the, the actual contract that I signed, it small prints on the back. It said something like, uh, you have to buy us out or whatever, or you're basically stuck with it. And like very, very small print on the back. So when I was reading it, I looked through it. I'm like, all right, it looks, you know, it looks good or whatever. And I signed it. And what happened was when a couple of months in, I was fine on the contract. And then towards like the middle of the contract, I'm like, I can't really afford this. You know, cause I wasn't, I wasn't really thinking when I, when I did it, I'm like, all right, I probably, you know, probably can afford this for a little bit. But if I, if I don't make money or I don't do something like I'm probably not afford this. So that was my first mistake right in the beginning. And so I sign it and I reach out to the, the owner or the person that was working with me with the agency. And I'm like, Hey, look, I can't really afford this anymore. I need to cancel the con. I need to cancel the services. And so 
like I get this, I get this whole thing back from the accountant lady that they referred me to this account called accountant for our department or whatever. And they're going to work with you or whatever. And I'm like, all right, call the lady. She's like, Hey, you signed an agreement, sends me the agreement. And she's like, yeah, it's on the back of the contract that you sign all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, sh like, you know, like shit, I can't really afford this. So I ended up working out a deal with them where they'd work at, you know, work out payments and whatnot, or, or, you know, move forward with it. But I finally, it was a year contract. So now I'm finally out of the contract. I think it expired the end of October, but now I'm still kind of paying, I'm paying for the mistake still because even though the accountant lady worked with me, I, I negotiated with her and she worked with me to get the payments and to dilute certain things and just make certain payments It extended how many payments I had to make. So I'm still, even though the contract's done, I still got to make payments, I think, until, to, I think it's December, right? So the point being is that the lesson I learned from that was always read the contract and probably, you know, depending on what it is, I probably wouldn't, I wouldn't sign it there. I'd, I'd ask them if I could take it home and review the contract, sign it, mail it to them or do something else. Because what I learned was I was rushing. Uh, there were certain things they were doing, which is just, I don't think they're doing it on purpose, but the process of them trying to show me the proposal and everything, it was very, very long. I mean, I went, I had to go drive down to Fort Lauderdale for anyone that knows Coral Springs is not that close to Fort Lauderdale. It's uh, at least downtown. I think downtown from here is like 30, 40 minutes. And I had to drive down there twice. And then I had to sit there and listen to them for like three hours. Like every, you know, I was there for hours at this office with them. So I, uh, it was at a point where I was like, I kind of just want to go home. So the tiredness and the laziness kicked in and I didn't really read it. I was like, all right, it's, it's good. And I could always cancel later. So that's kind of what got me in the end. So the, I, and the reason I'm telling you this is just not be, to show you that I'm a terrible business person or anything. And the reason I'm telling you this is because if you're someone that's new, that's trying to get and, you know, start a business or do something like you could try to, you know, hear what I'm telling you, the rookie mistakes that I made, and maybe you can not make the same mistake and, and go forward with whatever you're trying to do with a business because, you know, no one, no one tells you any of this stuff. No one tells you any of these beginning things unless you kind of have a mentor or, some, or someone that's going to guide you through it. So I had a lot of this stuff. I made mistakes, but, um, you know, I had to correct later on down the road. So that's why I was talking about the agency. Now, some of the things I want to talk about real quick would be work. Now, I, um, you know, like I said, I'm trying to do this insurance, this insurance job right now where I, the last thing I got to do is get this state exam finished and then what's up mom. And then I gotta, I gotta do the state exam, right. Which I was telling you about once I pass that, I get my license basically. I got to follow up with the state and they should, I think someone said they email you the license, which I, I would figure they'd mail it, but I get the license and then I can literally go start with this firm. Now, the, the thing that w where work comes into place is I'd have to give the two-week notice, so I'd have to work there for another you know, two weeks. And I'm pretty sure they're not going to give the two weeks. I don't think they're going to say, um, you know, don't come back. We don't want you for the next two weeks. They're probably going to need me. So they're going to probably, you know, use me for at least a week or two and then probably try to find a replacement or whatnot and move on. But um, I just think, you know, it's kind of weird right now because even though my manager knows – and I'm going to take these state exams because I had to kept taking sick days and do different things where I'm trying to study and study and study and just rigorously keep on make you know keep on studying to get knowledge 
drilled in my head to take these tests. Um, I had to tell her like after a certain point, I'm like, Hey, I'm taking this sick day because I have to take this, you know, government state exam and I really need the time to study and I can't come into work. And she'd be like, okay. Right. So she, and then she talks about it all the time when I go into work, like, Hey, you took that test. How'd you do? Like, so, and I told her it was for insurance. So she's not, you know, clueless in what's kind of going on in the sense that I, uh, I'm trying to get licensed in insurance. I just don't think she put two and two together because she's kind of talking to me like she thinks I'm staying there, you know, after I get, after I get this license. But, um, I, you know, and I can't tell her anything right now because if I tell her I'm going to put a two weeks in and, uh, it takes me another week, right. I don't, you know, she's probably going to try to kick me to the curb. So I can't, <laughs> I can't really tell her, that it's just, it's a weird situation. I, you know, if, if you're, if you're someone that's been through, you know, you're working one job, you're trying to get to the next job. It's always weird because in the back of your mind, you know, you're trying to improve yourself and you know, you're not trying to stay with the, the one company because it's not gonna, there's no opportunity, there's nothing going on. And so you're trying to move into the second job, but you're stuck, especially with me where I got to pass these courses and these tests and things before I can even get licensed to even be legally able to sell. Um, it's just rough. It's rough. It's not easy. Um, but it, it's just, it's weird. Cause like I, it, she, I think she really thinks I'm going to stay there after this, but I'm going to be end up once I pass the state exam, put in my two weeks in. So it's kind of weird, but I, um, you know, it's just, and it's really, it's, it's awkward because I don't, I don't want to keep on antagonizing her to think I'm going to stay there. But at the same time, I don't want to tell her like I'm leaving. So it's kind of weird, but that's that. So that's work. But uh, the other thing I wanted to update you guys on too with work, which is kind of, it's something that I am slowly starting to see is uh, this company for some reason is uh, just trying, it's just weird. Cause I kind of don't. Yeah. I don't know why you're writing that, but she, my mom's trying to say it and she's friends with me, but uh, that's not what really bothers me because <laughs> I, but I don't know the whole thing with the, with this job real quick and I'll probably wrap it up after this. We're going to the topics, but the whole thing with this job is it's just, I thought it was going to be something that it was going to be an opportunity and everyone joins a company or a corporation for opportunity. And as soon as I got into it for the first five months, I busted my ass. I did all this stuff. And slowly but surely, I realized there's no opportunity. They're promoting people that are their family members, that are their friends, and they're not promoting people that should get promotions. So, and, uh, you know, whether I get, you know, shit for this or not, but this company, I'm starting to see it. And it's starting to, it's actually really alarming because it's, it's literally a communist uh, company. And, 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 you know, some people might hear that and go like, what did he say? Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a communistic company. It's, it's not. And what I mean by that, and it's, and, and it's, it, that is a powerful word. So if you're listening to that, you're probably thinking to yourself, uh, wow. Right. But the reason I know it is, is because what they do is they abuse the worker. And slowly but surely, as I'm getting ready to leave, I'm starting to see it more and more. I had a one-on-one -on -one with my boss today, and she was saying that what they want to start doing is every two months, you need to go get trained in a different department. So if someone leaves, 
Um, let's say in, in, in this company I work for, they have authorizations and they have customer service. Now there's, they're two separate departments. Um, customer service deals with email response and customer um, engagement overall. Authorizations department deals with the service providers and they're dealing with W9 forms and they're dealing with uh, parts and stuff like that and, and jotting down different notes from the service providers. They're dealing, they're totally two separate departments, but what she's saying is what they want to start doing is get people from all types of different departments to start learning other people's skills. So if someone isn't there, they have too much of a workflow, that person can then go into those departments and work those jobs, even though they're not considered that department. And it sounds good. I, you know, Some people are probably listening to me talk about this, and they're like, yeah, it kind of sounds good, but what you're not understanding is they're not going to give you more pay. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to keep you all at the same pay level, but to do other people's work. That's commun That's a communistic, uh, socialistic kind of, of, of uh, ideology or, or philosophy is what this company is trying to do. And the reason they're doing that is not to be more productive, is, is those, that's what they're trying to say. They're trying to do it to cut cost on the employer. That's why they're trying to do that. And that's what she was, that, and that's what my manager was basically saying. She's like, I don't think it's right unless they're going to give us more money. And she's like, but they're probably not going to give us more money. So she's like, every chance I get, I'm fighting against it. I'm fighting against it. I'm fighting against it. Because she's like, it's not fair that they're going to expect us to do a hell of a lot more work on top of what we're doing and not expect to pay us more. And she's right. And the and that's what I'm trying to get at is like every little thing I'm realizing is they're stripping away freedom from me. I can't even go to the bathroom. I get penalized if I go to the bathroom and I'm not on break or I'm not at lunch. And for anyone that, you know, works in, in corporate world, you're working eight hours a day or more you're going to have to go to the bathroom probably more than once or twice out of the day, especially if you're drinking water, you're drinking something that's going to make you go to the bathroom once in a while and clear, you know, clean your system out and stuff. So, and that's what happened to me. You know, I got, I'm just like, I, I just don't care. Like I'd rather go to another company and suffer, uh, than, and have a little bit of freedom than work at a company where I got no freedom on pay. I mean, I have, I have so many things wrong with the company that I'm working for right now that I can literally write, a hundred reasons why this company is not a good company just because like it, and it's crazy because I've never, I've never been in a position where I've worked for a company and I'm like, dude, like these people really just don't care. Um, and they, they sound like they care and they try to tell you that they care, but they don't. And it, it's just, it's, it's crazy. So, uh, I mean, we can go on and on about the, the, you know, that, but my point being is that sometimes you got to know when to leave. That's really what I, um, I'm getting at here is, uh, I, you know, at first I didn't know what I should have, like, I, I kind of did know, right? I kind of did know. I'm like, all right, I got to go find another job. I mean, as soon as they started jipping me on my pay, I called my, I called my friend up and I'm like, listen, man, is that opportunity still on the table? And he's like, yeah, why? And like, dude, they're jipping me on my pay. It's the whole reason I go to work. And I'm like busting my ass and like, they don't care. And I'm like, I'm dipping. Uh, and plus the fact that, uh, I, I know the end result of this, uh, this comp the company's not going to last because their customer base is getting depleted. Um, you know, then they can keep on doing these reports. They do this thing called a town hall meeting every single time. And they tell us our numbers are going up. Our capital is going up. 
But what they don't realize is it's because they're cutting the cost. They cut the cost on everything to a point where you can't, you can't really, you're not, you're losing productivity because you're cutting so much of the cost. They don't realize that. They're just looking at numbers. Okay, our capital is here. This is how much money we, we took in. And this is how much we cut. This is how much we cut. This is how much money we took in. Oh, we're in the, we're in the green, so we must be doing good. But they don't realize all that extra stuff around that and all the complaints they get. Uh, the delays, delay after delay after delay. That's all I get is, hey, this person overcharged me. Oh, this person overcharged me. This person overcharged me. Hey, it took, it took you guys three or four months to get my AC fixed. Hey, <laughs> I went from one service provider to the next service provider, the next service provider. Every service provider is, uh, is giving me a different diagnosis. So they're, they're not getting the quality part right. They're getting um, expenses cut. They're, you know, they're, they're, their sales is, is, is doing okay, but they're not getting the real, the real uh, stuff right where it's the customer, your employee base, your internal stuff. I mean, the problem is they're not taking care of the internal, which is the employees, and so it's trickling back up to the customer because if your employees aren't happy, if you're not, if you're not doing things as for the good of the company as a whole, your company starts falling apart and it, it starts showing. You know, it's like uh, someone being fake. Eventually, you start seeing through the fakeness. Uh, you can't be fake forever. People eventually see it and blow you off. So that's kind of what this company's coming to at a certain point. You know, they've been in business, I think, for, I don't know how long this company's been in business. I'm pretty sure it's like 40-something years or 50-something years, but it's finally starting to take a turn. And uh, they're just doing, it's just, it's weird. It really is. I've never seen anything like it in my whole entire life. Uh, I've worked for a couple of different corporations and companies and stuff and I've never seen anything like this so um, you know if you're working for a company and you and you hear me describing this and you're like you're like damn that kind of sounds like my job or my company that I'm working for I uh, definitely definitely hit the road and, and go look for opportunities somewhere else because uh, and I tell this to everyone too like people there complain like everyone there complains oh, I hate this you know I hate coming into work I hate doing this and I'm like in my mind you just go get another job and I think the problem is people don't realize because in the news you're in one of the hottest job markets right now we're on an all-time high in the economy with jobs like there, there's record unemployment uh, levels right now record breaking history and employment levels there's jobs everywhere so when these people complain and they take it I'm like you're stupid you can easily go get another job now you probably make the same pay probably not but you don't have to suffer, right, at this job. So that's that. Now I'm gonna go into these. Those are my updates for you. Kind of had a couple other things. I kind of, I kind of want to move, you know, move along. But the next topic I or the topic that I have is if you quit, you're a loser. Now the reason I came up with this topic, uh, and I came up with these two topics literally right before this um, this podcast, was because I needed these two topics. Uh, if you quit, you're a loser came to me because I'm like, if, you know, I'm taking this state exam, like everything's against me right now, right? Uh, I try to, ex you know, explain it and describe it as best I possibly can in a short period of time. But what I mean by everything's against me is I remember calling my friend. I'm going to get, this is my example to this, but, and then I'll go in a little bit deeper after. But I remember calling my friend and I go, hey, is that opportunity still there? And he goes, Yeah. And I go, okay, 
like, how do I, how do I do this? Cause I'm like, I know I have to probably meet the person that that's your boss. Cause I, he obviously has to like me in order for me to get a job there. And then I'm like, uh, like what else do I have to do? Cause I've, I've never gotten some type of license through the state besides my business license, but, um, I don't have to take a test or anything to do that. But, um, I've never had anything where I had to go through something that was heavily government regulated before. And I knew there was probably a process. So he's like, listen, man, he's like, you're going to have to take this 60 hour course. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to take a 60 hour course. All right. And I'm, and I've taken courses before. Um, I've taken court hundreds of different types of courses before. And I, and I'm like, all right, I've taken courses before I could definitely do that. And he's like, listen, it's going to kind of be like college. You're going to have to go through this course. You're going to have to take a final at the end. And then he's like, you have to take a state exam. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, I, I could do that. Right. Get, you know, it start the 60 hour course and it just kicks my ass. The 60 hour course kicks my ass. Like the first couple of chapters, I was really into it. There's a couple of chapters where I was like, I was, you know, I was trying to stay awake. I couldn't really stay awake. It was regulations and laws and like certain things are just boring me to death and I couldn't focus a lot. And I remember I was still going through the course. All right. I was still going through this course. And he goes, all right, yo, he's like, uh, where are you? Like in the course. And I'm like, I'm only on chapter seven. And he's like, and there's like 19 chapters in this thing. And he's like, and, and I'm like, but I just feel like I've been doing this forever, this course. And I'm like, I just can't, it doesn't move that fast. And he, and he's like, dude, you got to move faster. He's like, you got to be done by this by the next week. You're going to meet Mike. And he's like, you still have to pass the state exam. You still have to do all this other stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, damn. And on top of this, I'm working eight hour day shifts. Like at the job I'm at, the, the, the job that I have right now, I'm working six days. a No, I'm sorry. Five days a week, but it's like eight hour days. And they're, they're, and they're like terrible hours, like nine, you know, before I was working like 1030 to like 630. Now 930 to six. And then there was one point I was working like 10 to six, uh, I think it was like 10 to like something, but they're just terrible hours because you're literally getting up, going to work. You're coming home. And by the time you come home, I mean, your day is shot. Your day is gone. So I'm coming home after these eight hour shifts and I'm trying to get two hours done. Like that's what it hit was like two or three hours and I'm struggling and I'm struggling and I'm struggling. So I, um, eventually take days off. I'm like, screw it. Yeah. I'm just going to take a couple days off from work and just get it done. I end up meeting the guy, Mike. I end up uh, finally passing the course, like getting through the course. Now I got to take the final. And I'm taking the final. I'm taking the final. I had to take the final like eight times before I finally got a passing grade. And then I'm like, okay, I got through that. Now I set up and I'm like, okay, now I got to go take the state exam. Now I take the state exam and I fail it. Took it again yesterday. I failed it. Uh, and I'm, by the way, I'm taking days off through work. I'm just taking sick days. I'm taking, I'm taking, it's just, it's, it's been a rough, rocky road through this process. Like you have, you have no idea. And I'm just taking sick days and taking days off and getting yelled at because I'm taking these days off and, um, I'm studying my ass off and I'm not passing the test and I'm keep, I'm keep going. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. Right. And, uh, he tells me, I think I was going to take it this, I was about to take the first test and he goes, Hey, did you ever do your fingerprints? And did you ever submit an application to the state? And I'm like, what are you talking about? 
and he's like, and he sends me all this information and now I have to go take fingerprints and I have to go do a background check and I have to go and set, uh, submit an application to the state or follow up and do X, Y, and Z and just make sure everything's in line or else I'm screwed. And I'm like, damn, like, I, it's just, it's, it's a process, right? And I didn't know, I just kind of jumped into it and I was like, all right, what do I have to, you know, put me in coach, what do I got to do? And damn, it's just been one hell of a ride. But the point that I'm trying to make to you is I'm going again for the third time to take this state exam. Um, and the only way to win is not to quit. And I, I remember reading about that. I think I, the first time I ever heard this, like uh, the only way to lose in life is to quit. The quitter is the loser. He's the real loser, not the person that fails. And I remember, I think it was Greg Cardone. I read it in one of his books, I, I believe. And it, it, he basically said like, if only I would have known that the only way to win was not to quit um, or the only way to lose is to basically quit. I would have been successful a long time ago. And, and he's like, I just wish I would have known that at a younger age. And I, you know, I, I, that's how I kind of passed college. Like I, my story with college is uh, I got a two year degree, right? I recently got that about a couple months ago and I passed it towards the end. I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing, but I failed math class. I had to take maybe four or five math classes. I failed every single math class, at least once. Some of them I failed twice and some of them I had to take even three times. So, and then I got to, I got to the end of that and they cut my gut, you know, my government grants and they cut, they cut certain things. I had to pay out of pocket over a thousand dollars. They're charging me out of state fees for one of the courses, um, which I think was accounting, uh, two no me accounting one i believe and i um and it, like every single time something would hit me i would be like damn how do i get out of this how do i maneuver like how, how can i move forward and how can i not quit and just keep going and going and going and uh i realized when i got the two-year degree that everyone that was telling me to you know stop you know telling me like why you do like why are you putting your through why are you putting yourself through such tough times and why are you pushing yourself so hard to get a two year degree? And my, my explanation to everyone was always, you know, I, um, I'm a quitter. Like I don't want to quit because if I quit this degree, I'm quitting on myself, but I wasn't, you know, and people probably are going to interpret it or interpret it that as uh, me, you know, if I quit on that degree, I wasn't going to make any money, but that's not what I was thinking to myself. What I kept telling myself through the whole entire college process or at least getting that two-year degree or at least a degree was um i was the kid where people would call me stupid people you know pe people didn't believe in me and i kind of i kind of wanted to get the degree for myself it's not that i wanted to get the degree to get a better job maybe when i first started college it's kind of what i thought because i kind of got i kind of got diluted into people telling me like hey you need the degree you're not going to make it in life you need the degree you're not going to make it in life and then as i went through the degree i realized that most of the people teaching me this stuff are actually not, a, you know, I'm, I'm probably smarter than the people teaching me this stuff. I probably know more than the person that's actually teaching me this. Or, um, or they're trying to teach you how to get free shit or they're, they're not, they're not teaching you life lessons, skill, common sense, not teaching all the stuff you need to learn. And they're not teaching me about money. So I'm like, I'm basically wasting my time here. It's a useless degree. Or, you know, people are coming out of, of college with all this, all this loan debt. And I'm like, I don't want any of this shit. So I, um, you know, I decided I'm like, I'm done. I'm not going to do it. But I, uh, 
went through and got the two-year degree. But the only way I got to the two-year degree and I got the degree for myself was because I didn't quit on myself. I could have easily have multiple times just said, screw it, I'm just going to drop out. And I knew that if I dropped out, and I, and I had friends, by the way, that did drop out. And I knew, and some people that didn't even go back. Like I have one friend that his college would be paid for. His parents did a, a Florida prepaid plan, and he went, and he's halfway done, or maybe he just needs a quarter of the way more to get a degree. And he basically uh, said, you know what, I'm going to take a break. And I don't even think he even, and he talks about going back, but he never, ever signs back up for the classes. So that was another thing I told myself um, was I get this common, this common thing that people tell me is if I leave when, you know, I went to take a break a year ago for one year and it's been five years now and I haven't gone back since. So I knew that if I left and took a break and I didn't keep pushing myself and, and didn't quit, I would get the degree. But if I quit and took a break or I was like, I want a year off or I want to do, you know, time away from it, I wasn't going to commit to it and I wasn't going to get it. I was going to just be like, I'm not going to go back. So, um, because then you get caught up in your own life, you get caught up in different things and you're just like, I don't have time for that now. And you keep on making the, you know, keep pushing it back, pushing it back, pushing it back until eventually you're, you're old and, and you're like, all right, I'm not, I, you know, it's, now it's really difficult for me to go back because I waited so long. So I, um, pushed through it. I, uh, you know, everything in the book basically hit me in the face trying to prevent me from getting the two year degree and I ended up getting the two year degree. So, um, so that kind of proved to me, and that was a life lesson for me because I'm telling you, everyone is telling me, like, I don't know why. Like, I, ha I had this conversation with my cousin uh, back in, I don't remember exactly why we were meeting. I don't remember why it was a family get-together. It was, a, I think it was a holiday, but um, I go there, and he's just like, you know, I'm telling the story about me failing classes and doing this and doing that. And I'm like, yeah, I, I got to go and pay full price to do this. And he's like, I don't even know why you're wasting your time with that and why you're doing that. And I just remember, I look at him and I'm like, listen, I'm not going to college for her, him, or anyone in this room. And I was pointing to my mom and my dad and all this stuff. And I was like, listen, I'm not going to college for these people in the room. I'm going to college for me. And I don't even mean, and I told him, I'm like, I don't even mean for the education because I know the education is, is crap. It's garbage. It's not, it's not, it's not even, it's not even an investment. That's the funny thing is a lot of these people think you're investing in education and knowledge at, the, at these colleges and you're not. You're actually getting stupider investing your money in these colleges. They're ripping you off hardcore. But I told them, I'm like, I just want to be able to prove to myself that I can stick to what I wanted to do. And I came so close to it that I can't quit now. I put too much money and time into it to just walk away from it and be a quitter. And I was like, I, I just want to do it for myself. Like, I just want to have the piece of paper to be like, I did it. Not even to go get a better job, not even to say I invested in myself because it's probably a waste of, technically I paid a little bit of money, but I probably paid 25% of my degree and other people probably had to pay 300% of their degree. And you're probably thinking to yourself, what do you mean by 300%? Well, a lot of these people took debt on top of debt to go to college. They're going to have to pay all this extra money on top of what they should have paid for college. And by the way, the original price for college was already five times higher than what it probably should have been. So they, they definitely lost uh, a lot of money on that deal. But anyways, um, the point being that uh, the point being is that I, you can't quit. And more than and, than anything right now, I just know I can't quit. That's why I'm you know instead of getting pissed, right? I, I you know I could be getting pissed. I could be burning these cards. Right? I could be burning these cards or throwing these cards out and and saying you know the system. 
against me and all this stuff. But um, I, I tend to laugh at myself and I go, okay, well, you failed. That's a good sign. Now you just got to get back up and do it again and you'll pass the next time. And uh, I know that if I just keep going, keep going, keep going, keep taking the test, keep taking the test, keep t- eventually something's going to click and eventually I'm going to pass the test. Now, whether it takes three or four or five or, you know, however many times it takes, I'm willing to go down that route. Now, obviously, I'm going to pass the next go. And that's going to be the third attempt. Three, uh, three, the third time's the charm is what I like to say. But I just got to study harder. I got to push harder. I got to do different things and try to get a different result. And the reason I'm telling you this is because it's the truth. If uh, you're going to fail, right, here's where I'm going to get a little bit deeper in the conversation. But you got to fail. And if you just keep failing and getting back up and getting back up, you'll eventually win. Like that's, that's like the secret. That's the big, uh, the, the hidden secret in that stuff is like, um, if you quit, you are a loser, but if you keep on getting back up and trying, you're the winner. Right. And you could take this with anything. Like, uh, if you went to a, a Super Bowl, right. Normally there's an underdog. Normally there's a uh, person that's probably was undefeated at one point in time where they've won so many different games that they were the top dog in the, in the NFL right? the Super Bowl. So, the underdog, you know, I don't, I don't think the underdog always wins, but the underdog normally does win because they failed so many times, they got back up and again that they finally won. Right? They didn't let the failures eat them away. They just got back up and went at it again and at it again and at it again, and they finally won. That's what I kind of mean by this topic where if you quit, you're a loser because that's the real way to be a loser when you quit something. And uh, I just know for myself – Right. I just know that, you know, I took the test two times. Now, the key here is I took the state exam the first time I got a 54 or 58, I think, actually 58. The second time I took it, I got a 64. And how I look at it is uh, I studied all those flashcards I just showed you. Right, I studied all these flashcards. Right. And none of the stuff I studied on these flashcards was on the test. Maybe four questions that I saw from the previous test I took. But um. I got a 64. I actually increased my score. I think it was eight, eight percentage points. And I didn't know any of the questions they put on that test. So what does that go to show you? It goes to show you that, uh, that I can pass it, right? Because if I didn't know any of the questions that were on the test and I still got a better score than the first time I took it, it they're, they're, the, it's, it's possible, right? It's possible for me to get that 70% or better. So, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep going. Hopefully uh, you take away from this topic where if you quit, you're a loser. But, you know, just think about it for a second because this topic I think a lot of people hear a lot about, but a lot of people throw it away. And it's something where it's, it's so obvious that it's sometimes we just don't, we don't follow through with it. Uh, It sounds too good to be true almost. Right. So when, cause when I first heard this, I was like, what does he mean by that? Like, okay, if he just gets back up and, he um, doesn't quit. He's a winner. And then I started really digging deep into it. And I started thinking about all the times that I failed at everything. But when I got back up and tried again, maybe a different route or a different uh, solution, I actually beat it. Uh, you can even take video games. Like uh, the only way I could do the video games, because that's what I did through my whole entire middle school and high school career was video games. But um, I remember, you know, you start out on a video game. Like uh, for most people, they'll know what Call of Duty is. I'll do Call of Duty, but uh, when I play Call of Duty, I sucked at it, right? I didn't, I didn't know any of the guns. I didn't know the perks. I didn't know the kill streaks. Uh, 
I didn't know anything. I didn't even really know how to really play the game or uh, how to, you know, strategize through the maps. Excuse me. But the more I started playing, the more I failed, the more I died. And, and you know, the more I got used to the guns and I learned, you know, uh, all right, if I'm going to be in a trench, I probably want a shotgun. If I'm going to be far range, I probably want a sniper. If I want to, uh, this map is probably more close combat, so I should probably go with the shotgun instead of, uh, you know, a sniper rifle or, or whatnot. So, you know, that's – and I got better. I got better as a Call of Duty player over time after failing and failing and failing and watching other people show me what I did wrong and uh, by just killing me and getting and being a better Call of Duty player than I was and just constantly failing and getting back up and replaying different maps and replaying, right? So that's kind of – that's what this topic is all about is – you just can't quit. If you just don't quit, you'll win eventually. You'll out, you'll outwin the losers, right? Or you'll actually outwin the winners sometimes too. So that's the topic. If you quit, you're a loser. Now I'm going to go to the second topic. The second topic that I picked was motivation is the key. Now these two topics go hand in hand because in order for you not to quit, you have to be highly motivated and ambitious um, where it's it, you're so motivated that no matter who tells you something um, that tries to throw you off the focus course of what you're trying to accomplish or, or achieve, you could bypass them because it's so easy. Like the hardest thing is like it's so easy to get discouraged no matter what you're trying to do, especially if you're trying to do something that seems almost impossible. It's so easy to get discouraged that if you're not motivated – you're not going to do it. You're going to, you're going to, you're actually going to talk yourself off the ledge before you even attempt to jump because you weren't motivated enough to jump off the ledge. Um, and that's kind of the big thing too, is it's sometimes not even other people that talk you out of, uh, out of doing something. It's only yourself. And the reason you're yourself is telling you it is where it's going to get a little, I'm trying not to mix up the words and get confused. But um, if you, if you don't believe in yourself enough or you don't have enough ambition within yourself to go and believe that you can do something and that you, you want to have a passion to achieve it, you're going to be the first one that's going to kill it because it's only going to take one person or one thing that goes wrong and you're going to be like, well, I guess it wasn't for me anyways. So that's where, that's where it's really hard. And, and motivation is, it's not hard to get motivated. It's hard to keep the motivation. That's what I've learned. It was never hard for me to get motivated in the moment or to get motivated before an event or to do something. The hardest part was trying to keep the motivation to get me through something else, right? So like with this test, like I got out of the second attempt and motivation like left me right away. And I got out of the test and I, they instantly print the paper for you and they show you if you pass the state exam or not. And I saw that it was a 64 and I went, you know, I went, shit. And like all the motivation like left me and I was just like, I don't want to take this test again. And I'm like, damn it. And, uh, you know, I'm driving and I'm kind of, yeah, it's kind of like pissed. I was just thinking to myself and I get to Toastmasters and I, and I told the person that was, uh, or, you know, organizing the meeting, I was like, look, I might be late taking this two and a half hour test. I don't know if I'm gonna make it on time, but I'm going to show up. I'm just going to probably be late. And so everyone asked me, like, hey, how'd you do on that insurance test? And I had to tell them, you know, I failed it. I got a 64. I didn't, I didn't do so hot on it. And every single person that I talked to actually told me, like, yeah, just get back up and do it again. They're like, you got it. Like, just don't quit. Just don't quit, man. You got it. 
And uh, it's kind of funny because that's the people that I'm trying to surround myself around because when I quit on myself, those are the people that are going to bring me back up. Those are the people that are going to reignite the motivation. So that's why it's really important. Like, I think I did do a topic on, um, you know, surrounding yourself by uh, mo- highly motivated people. I mean, that's probably, I should probably write that down and do a, do a topic on that at a different time. But um, that's actually pretty important to this topic where you want to put yourself in a position where the people that you're around are motivating you to do it. And it's hard because when you start telling people dreams and goals that you want to accomplish, people tend to not believe them or believe that you can do it because they themselves doing it. And that's the, that was the hardest is like, I was always very motivated and highly ambitious, but I tell people my ideas and dreams and goals and they would tell me like, Oh, that's stupid. Um, you, you probably, you probably don't want to do that. And they try to talk me out of doing it. And most of the time it worked for a while until I started realizing that, uh, um, you know, I started not, I had like a lot of self, uh, a lot of self, uh, doubt. And I was like, damn, like it's because these people are telling me like everyone that I'm telling the goals and the dreams are telling me that it's impossible and not to do it and not to go forward with it rather than telling me to just do it. And uh, there's, there's a couple people in my life that I can easily give you where I'm like, if I went up to them and told them I want to do this, they'd tell me instantly with, without hesitation. Yeah, go do that. You could do that. Uh, the first one would definitely be um, my, um, my uncle, who's a salesperson. He's the one that gives me all the books that I show you on, 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 this, uh, on this podcast, where I show you like a, a sales book or I show you a, um, how to change your mindset or whatever. He's the one that sends me his old books or his, his he read the new, that he knows are actually good books, and then he goes and gives them to me or mails them to me because he lives in St. Augustine. So he's the one that I go to. Whenever I go to a family um, event or a, a meeting, I, the, he's the first person I go and talk to, and I always talk about money or I talk about business or I talk to him about like uh, politics or I talk to him about something where I can't talk to the average person about because they're going to tell me like you can't do that. Instead, he's going to talk with me and we're going to work out solutions and we're going to actually sit down and he's going to tell me, yeah, you could do that. Uh, but, you know, maybe do this, right? Maybe instead of doing what you're doing right now, maybe go in this direction with it and maybe this will help you out more. See, he gives me the tips, he gives me the solutions, and he never tells me it's impossible. And that's the people that I'm trying to look for. The same thing when I go to Toastmasters. The reason I bring up Toastmasters all the time is because it's like-minded individuals that are trying to basically improve themselves. And there's one person there that, that is now the president of the club where he, whenever I go there and I talk to him about stuff, he's always trying to motivate me. He's a motivational speaker just like myself when I go and do these, uh, these um, prepared speeches at Toastmasters. He, he'll tell me, he'll be like, yeah, go do it. The first time I told him I, I took the final, I, I wasn't even on the state exam. Uh, what's up, Gary? Uh, 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 actually, man, it's Uncle. What's up, Uncle Gary? So anyways, uh, Uncle Gary is actually another person that actually tells me to go and do things too. Like he motivates me. Like the first time he heard me opening up Done Deal Investments LLC, he sent me a, a video where um, it was basically, uh, you know, sometimes you got to leave the, the job and go and start your own thing. There was this video where this guy left the company because he, you know, he was doing all the work. He was working hard and the guy was kind of abusing him as an employee. So the guy leaves, starts his own company and, uh, or actually I think he gets fired actually in the video. He actually gets fired, but the guy was actually a really good employee and the guy fires him and the guy that gets fired opens up his own business and starts, um, becomes really successful and ends up pulling up to like, uh, 
a networking event or a meeting or I don't remember exactly where he pulled up, but the guy that he used to work for, his old employer, was there and, and basically um, looks at him and goes, oh, man, yo, you look good. Right? And the whole point of the story was uh, it was the best thing that happened to the guy because – what's up? Uh, so he, um, he ends up you know, pushing through and actually doing good things. So that's something where I, wanna, I want people around me, the people that I'm putting around me that are, are going to motivate me. They're not going to tell me that it's impossible. They're not going to tell me that uh, you know, that's stupid. That's, that's ridiculous. But I want people to look at things that I'm doing and go, yeah, go for it. You should definitely do this. And by the way, I'll help you get to here. You want to get from point A to point B, I'll help you get to point B. Um, and that's the difference in what I'm trying to tell you with the motivation is key. And that's part of it. The people you're surrounding yourself with. Because if you're going to someone and you're saying, hey, I want to do this. And that person's like, no, that's stupid. You're easily going to crumble. Your motivation is going to be dwindled. And you're not going to be able to, you're not going to, be able to push through it and do it. And uh, I learned that the hard way. Uh, the best example I can give on that one is um, the, the famous one I tell everyone is uh, there's uh, I used to my first ever job at the Iceplex, and we we all hated working there, but we all liked working together as a unit because we all were really good friends. We were almost so close that you would consider us all family. And some of these people I still talk to, I still hang out with them, um, and I just built connections off of some of these people. Uh, and that's how I got, that's how I'm getting the sales job with the, the health insurance and the life insurance is because of the connections from the Iceplex 10 years ago. So never kill you, by the way, never kill your connections because the connections later on might be beneficial to you. But, um, and maybe you can even help those people down the line too. I've helped plenty of these people that, uh, from the first job I ever worked at, but uh, to continue the story, I, um, what happened was I, I hated working at the Iceplex, right? And everyone around me hated it too. And I thought to myself, you know, coffee is one of the leading products in uh, America. It's uh, every American basically drink, or at least like 90 or 95% of the American population drinks coffee. It's cheap to produce. It's uh, it's not really hard to open up a coffee shop. I mean, it's just, you know, the, the regulations and the getting the money together and financing it might be a little tricky, but that, I figured that was the hardest part. So what happens is I collaborate with everyone in the organization that I was, or that little uh, department that I worked for, and I'm like, hey, let's go start a coffee a coffee shop, and that way we can quit here. We own it, we control it, and we could actually do exactly what we're doing at this company, but we'll have more freedom, and we'll actually make more money, and we'll enjoy it, and we'll work together. And everyone was on board, right? Everyone was on board until we had to physically start doing the research. And so what I got was, oh yeah, we want to do that. We'll invest with you, but you got to go and get the research because I don't want to do that. I don't want to do the research. I don't want to see how much money it's going to be. I don't want to negotiate this. I don't want to do that. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'll go do that. And I, it, I ended up doing it for like a week and I just kept pitching the idea. I'm like, yeah, guys, we're going to get this coffee shop. We're going to get this coffee shop. And I'm like, I've already looked at places to go rent. I've already looked at equipment prices. I already looked at this. And so I was trying to put it together, but what I started to realize is every single time I pitched something, everyone around me was telling me, like, they, they would slowly come up with excuses, like, oh, yeah, we can't do that, or uh, I don't want to do that. Or they'd give me their opinion, but they weren't helping me with the research. They're just saying, like, yeah, we don't like that. Uh, we, don't, yeah, we don't really want to do that either. 
And, I, and it got to a point where I'm like, all right, I don't have a support team here that's really motivating me. And I ended, up, I ended up dropping the idea because I knew it was a good idea. But the people around me, even though they thought it was a good idea, they weren't helping me get motivated to do it. They weren't trying to pitch in. They weren't doing anything. So they actually kind of de-escalated it and to a point where I'm like, I, I'm not going to do this anymore. So that's a, that's, that's a big thing where motivation is the key. And, and you really got to surround yourself with like-minded people where – you want to work together as a unit and that person wants to help you and you want to uh, help that person. That, and that's the hard part to find is uh, most people want to help the other person because they want to get help themselves. But if you can do it where you're helping that person, and, th and this is something that'll blow your mind. This is something I read a long time ago where it was, uh, if you can help more, if you can do more for other people than for yourself, you'll be the, the wealthiest person on, on planet earth. And it's so true because when I start, when I stop doing, when I stop basically doing things to people to try to get something back in return, that's when I started getting a lot of opportunities. That's when people were trying to actually started trying to help more because they, there's people are so used to trying to do like, Oh, I'll help you do this. If you give me something back. And so I would just go to people and I'd be like, I, I would just be like, hey, you need help with that? I got you. And I wouldn't ask for anything. And then they'd come back and, and let's say later on down the road, like um, like five months later, uh, something would happen and, and maybe I needed food or something. Maybe I was a little broke and I needed food. And they'd be like, hey, you, you want to come eat? We'll, we'll pay for your meal, right? And that, and it's just, and to you that's listening, you're probably like, wow, like you probably did something and they gave you food. What's the big deal? But it's the bigger meaning within it where because I helped them and I didn't want anything in return, they eventually tried to help me down the road when I really needed the help and I didn't ask for it. They just did it for me. That's the big difference. When you're asking for something in exchange for something else is, is, normally, um, is normally when like the other person doesn't really want to help you because they think you're doing it as a – they think you're doing it because you're in it for yourself. But when you're doing something careless, when it's an act of kindness, when it's something that the other person isn't expecting you to do just for free, it blows their mind because no one does that. Someone's always expecting something in return. So that's also something you can take. That's also probably another topic I should go down at a different time. But uh, that's, uh, and I don't know, you know, kind of led into something else. But anyways, that's motivation is the key. You want to try to keep motivated and that's kind of what I'm doing right now. Like yesterday I was very not motivated. And then I started talking to people and like, yo, you're so close. You're at 64% and you're almost at 70. And I'm like, I'm like, yo, you're right. See, they talked me back into the game. I was like, oh man, you're right. I'm only, I'm only uh, five, five percentage points away. I got it. Like now I'm going to take it again and I'm going to get to 70 or higher. Like you're right. So it's, uh, you know, that's motivation is the key. That's the topic uh, that I was talking about. Now, um, normally I do done deal investments at the end. I'm going to wrap it up right around here and, and just go over some quick things uh, before I wrap it up. But, um, cause I have to, I'm going to try to go to the gym real quick. I've been, I've been slacking on, on the gym and I got to go and, and work on myself on, on the gyms and do some bicep. I'm going to do a uh, bicep and backs. So that's always awesome. But anyways, so before I wrap it up, just real quick, we have goals and updates, uh, which is goalsandupdates.podbean.com. Now, that's just the audio versions of the live streams. So I do the live streams every Monday and Wednesday at 7 p.m. 
and then I put the audio up on Podbean. Now I'm a little bit behind where I'm like, ep- we're on episode 113, which is pretty impressive to even tell you that I did 113 episodes of goals and updates. But um, we have about 20 episodes on the platform right now where you can listen to any mobile device. It's just the audio version. So if you're driving, you want to listen to it in the car. Um, I'm trying to get the interviews up there because I did do like five so far with goals and updates where we did co-hosting. And trying to get those up as fast as I can. But if you want to go over there, subscribe. Uh, I definitely would appreciate that if you subscribe to that channel. But eventually what I'm going to do is start trying to get it linked to um, iTunes podcast and different things. Get a YouTube playlist kind of going on YouTube. Get a little channel going for that. So you can physically go watch those videos. And, and those will be cut down into segments. So it'll be like little 20-minute segments where you can watch it. As I get a lot of complaints where this is an hour and a half. They're like, I don't have an hour and a half to listen. So there should be no excuse once I get all this stuff, you know, up and running because uh, you'll have the audio where you can listen to it in the car. You'll have the 20-minute segments of the playlist for each episode. So there should be no excuse for that anymore. But anyways, and the last thing would be Patreon support. So that's patreon.com slash goals and updates. Now, it's a dollar membership. Um, I, right now, all I have is a dollar membership. But what the... What that is, is you donate the dollar every single month to the goals and updates channel. And that's basically going to help me reinvest the money back into the, into the show. So right now, you know, I have done deal investments, LLC. I have goals and updates. Uh, you know, I'm working, I'm working a nine to five basically. So a full-time nine to five job. So my income is pretty much split between my bills between, you know, the two businesses that I'm trying to basically kind of get up and running with goals and updates and done deal investments. So money is really tight in the sense for the show. Like the budget for the show is pretty tight. So this is a good way where you can reward me for giving you the free content. Um, and it, it makes you a little bit of a contributor to the show and we can get better equipment. We can go and get better, um, basically go and get better, uh, you know, I can actually probably hire people too, which actually be nice. And at the same time, I can update things for the co-host. So, like, if someone comes, I don't really have a second chair. So I can give them a comfy chair where they sit down and have an interview and just make it a lot more pres- uh, more present. I can't think of the word. Like, more, you know, more uh, visual and more artistic. Or, no, that's the wrong word. More independent, I guess, is what you want to say. And like I said, it's a dollar a month. Everyone has a dollar. Less than a cup of coffee at Dunkin' Donuts. I think the, the cheapest you can go on coffee at Dunkin' Donuts is like $1.14 or $1.20. So it's a dollar a month. I know you're probably thinking to yourself, it's only a dollar. I don't think it's really going to help them out. Anything helps because if you're giving a dollar, the next person gives a dollar. 20 other people give a dollar. That's $20 right there for each person donating a dollar. And that $20 is definitely going to be able to be saved up or it's going to be able to be used to reinvest into the show. So any, anything really helps. Um, eventually I'll have a dollar, $5 membership and a $10 membership. Um, and those I'll try to get, I really want to get some merchandise. And then if you guys sign up for like a higher, I can send you merchandise for goals and updates. Definitely want to do a, I'm thinking about like shirts, hats, maybe, um, different things where I can give you something back in return for being a, uh, contributor to the show and just being part of the show. So that's, uh, that's Podbean. That's uh, Patreon support. And that's going to be it for episode 113 of Goals and Updates. I appreciate everyone that came to the show. And uh, just stay motivated and don't quit.
Have a good one. Peace. I want to thank you personally for checking out our free content with over 10,000 hours of free content. Show us some support on whatever platform you are on by hitting a like button, commenting, or by sharing the podcast. Help us out by being a Patreon member at www.patreon.com slash goals and updates. 